podcast, and it is episode 50. Got oh, this well, far. There's nothing special planned. What do you want? What do you want uh, to do that's special? Uh, we should have, we should have had, uh, we should have Tony Khan on the show or something. All right. Well, tell you what, that would make more sense for doing like 52 because that would be a year. So you go get Tony Khan. Right. And, and we'll, we'll do that in, in two weeks. Hi, I nearly got David Doak. He's, he's went quiet on me and I'm kind of like, come on, David, get back to me here. Maybe he listened to an episode and was like, Ugh. Uh, That's probably exactly what happened. But if he listens to most episodes, all I do is sing time splitters and golden eyes praises. So maybe he would think to himself, I'll go on there. I'll be worshipped. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we have to get doesn't, a guest. doesn't want to be asked about his. <laughs> Why is his? Um, Why, yeah, did his? Why did his? <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, the big five oh we made it. So uh, so two weeks time we've been doing this for a year. Jesus. Yeah, we haven't haven't lost interest. It's fucking amazing. Uh, <laughs> it's just a chance for us to natter and talk shit about shit. This is true. Just mm. making and talking shit about shit. What you been playing? Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> well, as I openly admitted last night to yourself as I was as we were playing some chivalry, because we have been playing some of that together, which is great fun. Um, and I know you've had it for a while, but you've recently been getting into it. Uh, but mm. chivalry is obviously one that I I can always go back to. Um, just just that great melee combat, and everything just feels so weighty and heavy, and just the the chaos and the anarchy of it all is absolutely fantastic. Um, after discovering that I can play it in third person was a game changer. I see. I, I I tried a wee bit of it in third person, but I don't know. I enjoy the first person more than anything. For me, it's just the uh, the the just involvement and mayhem of it all. Plus, I think it's kind of harder for me to judge the third person because of the hammer. I really sort of need to see how close I am to someone because the weapon's not that long. That is one thing you do lose going to third person is like being able to tell what if you're in range or not but like just the uh the spatial awareness you get from it is worth the trade-off for me mm. and plus you can sort of spin a bit easier and catch more people with your swing <clears throat> uh um i that, 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 that was the other thing as well as i being able to turn a lot faster mm-hmm. but it is it is a fantastic multiplayer game man it really is and I know there's only, I think there's only maybe, I'd say nine, ten maps, but you never really get bored because it's it's different sort of, it's like each sort of phase is a mini mode, so you'll have like push the push the the payload basically as if you were playing Overwatch with some of them or protect this point or you know destroy this object or you know things like that. So I do enjoy that it's like every sort of phase is a, a mix up of multiplayer mode. But obviously I've been playing away at that. I actually went back and I've been playing some Battlefield Five because we were talking about it. And Jesus that is a good game. <laughs> Imagine it's just all the things you like I know we didn't mind twenty forty two. You know, it has its problems and you know we'll talk about that a bit later on, but um going back and playing Battlefield Five, you're like, actually this is way better. 
how did I ever think that 2042 was even somewhat close to that? Just, and I'm not just talking about you know like oh the scoreboard and things like that that you know some people missed. I I never really give two toss about the scoreboard, but like being able to just pick where you want to spawn easily is so nice. Not yeah, having it, to fight with the game. It it works. It has less of the fucking jank that uh, 2042 has. Um, mm. Like twenty forty two out of score is still battlefield, but there's just wee things, like you said, the, the being able to pick the spawn point on the map, and in twenty forty two you're like trying to get over to a certain one, and it's highlighting every fucking one but it, and you're like, why? What's going on here? Why? Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> but like things like that, and then um, I also enjoy the the. It sounds silly. I like customizing my my wee soldier as well. I've always enjoyed that, you know. And and uh, some people didn't like the hero thing. To me, it wasn't that big of a deal. But you see, the, the just the amount of customization in f- Battlefield Five is brilliant. But then they ended up just choosing some of the legendary skins anyway. So one of my skins is like Santa Claus, which is just hilarious because I finally got because remember they took Santa Claus away from me. I finally got to be him. So there we go. Win win because of Battlefield Five. Yeah, are, you, are you talking about Captain Birdseye? That's not. Ah, Captain. Oh, sorry, that's right. He's Captain <laughs> Birdseye. He's not. He's not Santa. He's Captain Birdseye. Yeah, that's a cracker. But you know, just the map variations and just it's the maps. I get it. The hundred twenty eight players. The maps had to be absolutely gigantic. But there's just something about that smaller. I just enjoy the solos. Less players, but a nice and tighter fit. You don't even fucking notice. Mm, you don't even notice the difference between 128 and 64 because it's not like yeah because Battlefield 5 still feels like a pretty chaotic scene when all hell's breaking loose yeah um yeah as as we discussed is that game done is 2042 done if they if they they updated it um and it was more of an update than hey we added scoreboards don't mm. give a fuck. If it's hey, we fixed the respawning people when they're next to a wall. You can now revive oh, yeah. people when they die next to a wall. If they, they you know fix shit like that, then we'd be all good. There's something as well by five where, like, just your input feels a lot more mm. immediate or or something. Especially playing as a medic, you being mm-hmm. able to run over and just hit square. Yep, uh, and it just go animation starts no bother. Whereas twenty forty two is like playing playing as the the medic lady. Uh, I forgot her name. Um, Old lady. Half the time you fucking running over to people and you're jamming on square and then you're picking up their weapon and it's oh yeah <laughs> and uh, that that fucking having to use that gun as well to heal mm. is real annoying and i know that's probably like oh it's the the risk of you have to take the gun out to heal whereas in five you just have to hit left and i think it's has it always been like that for healing in battlefield usually i, I mean like mm. you like your med pack is a uh it's a gadget it always has been you just press your d-pad and, and you'll either chuck the big med pack out or you'll throw the mini ones it's never been like a you know equip a, a completely different gun and you know all that there and i know some people yeah. oh but you're just pressing triangle and swapping gun it's like no but you're just pressing d-pad and that's it oh. you have thrown your med pack and everything and uh, but, but uh, it's switch your gun 
Um, it's it's not even triangle. The switch gun. You have to to it's you have to take out your gadget. So you're hitting left, and then you got the gun, the healing gun. Then you have to hit the fucker to heal him, and they're running like mm. serpentine, like fuck it. It's like bad enough I have to do that to kill people, but I shouldn't have to do that to heal people. Mm. And there's no way for you to go gun stand still to fucking shoot you with with healing gun. Mm. And the one thing we did notice when we were playing, and this is obviously, this isn't a knock at 2042, this just seems to be the player base in 2042. In Battlefield 5, people will wait to be revived. Yeah, that's a weird one. I don't don't understand that. That's that's not DICE's fault there. (laughs) No, I, I just don't get, but is there something that, like, is there something in 2042 where you just, is there something we're not saying that makes you just go, hey, it's easier for me just to respond and get revived or something? Like, you know what when it you is? get revived. You know, you know what it is? What's that? There's more medics that'll get you up in five. Because no one will get true. you fucking. Because, again, playing as a medic in 2042 is way more awkward than in five. Mm. That's I, probably I, what that's, it does. That's what I would say. And I bet, I bet there is, right, this is going to sound horrible, but I bet there's truth to this. No one wants to play as the old German lady. They would rather play as the young Asian lady who does the sniping thing because they're yeah. everywhere. And it's like, you're not even sniping. Why are you playing as, as that character? Uh, mm. Who knows? So like, uh, <laughs> it's probably, I guarantee it's something to do with that. There, yeah, you're probably, you're probably 100% right. There's a bias on it. Anyway. But yeah, so obviously we've been playing away at five. And then as I said, I accidentally bought the wrong game. Um I seen a game on sale for two pounds on the PlayStation store, and I seen a picture of a human and what I thought was a monster in American football gear, and I thought, Oh Jesus, mutant league football's down to two pounds. Happy days, I'll have that. And then when I started downloading, I went, Ah, oh, bollocks. I bought Blood Bowl too. Yeah, uh, Blood Bowl Two is very, very different to Mutant League Football. <laughs> Mutant League Football is a real-time American football, but you kill each other on the pitch type thing. And Blood Bowl, you could probably look at it and go, oh, well, that's the same thing. That's American football, but you're killing each other. But this is a Warhammer game, so there is dice and turn-based stuff. And I thought, you know what? I fucking paid for it. It's downloading. I'll give it a smash. And you know what? It isn't too bad. It's actually, because it's all turn-based, it's pretty easy to play without paying a lot of attention. But, Mm. Jesus, it takes ages. Just like Like, real life. A a match takes for fucking ever. (laughs) Like, there's no time limit on it. A match ends after 16 turns. And you're thinking 16 turns isn't a lot. Oh, it takes forever when the AI is taking... 50 seconds to sit and think of all its moves and then you have to individually move each player and then you have to roll dice when you want to do something and it sounds like I'm having a go at it but I actually had fun playing it last night so I did and I think it would actually be a good crack playing it with another person because the only thing I noticed is that the AI seems to get really good dice rolls all the time and I seem to do shit oh conspiracy say AI's cheating it really is because, like, I go to tackle the AI and the dice rolls against me, and I'm the one that gets fucking taken out. And it's like, what? I went for the tackle, and I'm getting the one getting punched in the face here. But yeah, and then the uh, AI wipes out three of my boys in one spin. Don't get me started with games and fucking probability numbers. I've been playing, <laughs> playing 
Chrono Cross and the, the like missing back to back eighty nine percent chance to hit attacks. It's oh, like, this is happening way too much to mm. <laughs> to be like uh, actual eighty nine percent. But yeah, it's not, it's not a bad game. Kind of enjoying it for two, like I say, two pound. Bought the wrong game, but uh, I'm going to definitely keep my eye out for Mutant League Football, though, in case it ever goes on sale, because I'm one of these assholes. I can't justify the price tag on it, but if it goes down in price, I'll be like, yeah, I'll pick that up. Because I love the mm-hmm. original on the Mega Drive. But um, yeah, Blood Bowl 2. It has a fan base out there, because Jesus, the player count on it is still huge, and you'll find a game online easy enough, but I don't want to go near online, because these are probably boys who've been playing this for years, and they're all mad Warhammer fans, and I'm a dickhead who bought it by accident. It's good for people that don't want to be bothered with painting things and then, you know, counting dice. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize, like as you were saying, I didn't realize it was actually based on a real tabletop game. I thought this yeah. had been made up. No, no, you can you can play this on a tabletop. Except, well, I don't. I don't know what the dice were. I've only ever tried to play Warhammer a couple of times and then was like, why mm. am I throwing two? actual handfuls of tiny dice into this yep. box and then have to sit and count it and sort which ones were over three and which are like, uh, uh, it's just Takes not my idea of a good time yeah I think that I, see for people like us I think the idea of a video game of Warhammer definitely fits even like the actual rules of Warhammer where the computer will count like you throw this as you say two handfuls of dice but if you're doing it virtually and then the computer quickly just goes up, you can go alright so I get to do this but even I'm, that sort of, I'm still shit at strategy stuff I, I don't plan oh, my time, I'm, awful. I'm so fucking reactive to everything it's like you do a thing and then I'll just fucking gut feel it I think that's why yep. I, I like, you know, game like Souls games and stuff. I know there is an element of strategy in that, but most of the time you can just go in with gut feeling and, you know, learn timing instead of having to mm-hmm. plan things out. Well, that's how I play them. So, mm. plan what? So, plan? like, like myself, you you're not you wouldn't be much into the chess side of things. Fuck no. <laughs> No, see, this is kind of like American football beats chess. Like, so, like, I was playing yesterday, and I was just tackling the fucking shite out of everybody because I thought, right, I'll wipe everyone out, and then I can win. But then all these fucking elves were able to do this revive spell, and everyone was back up again, and they were able to run around the pitch. And I'm just all my old boys are standing where they did their tackling, and I'm like, ah, oh, bollocks. <laughs> what shit's this? <laughs> so now I've decided, right, I'm just going to line all my orcs up against my touchdown zone, and uh, as soon as the ball comes to me, I'll murder them all, and then I'll run up the pitch with Yeah, I like chess. You you have to, to play those games well, you have to be thinking, like, so many moves ahead, which my brain can't mm. do that. But do you think, like, that, see, perf- like, people who play that really well, do you think if someone isn't thinking... It does throw them off a wee bit because, by the way, two professionals could go, oh, you're going to try this, so I'm going to try this, and I'm going to try this. Think if someone's not too sure, then the professional goes, I have no fucking idea what this guy's going to do. Uh, I better be a bit cautious. Do you ever think that makes them do that? Uh, to, probably to an extent, but they'd probably catch on very quick and just whop you. Yeah. If you play Warhammer against Ninja, he just lets you win. <laughs> it's because he wants you to have a good time and then buy models yep. and paint them but I was like I, I see what you're doing 
<laughs> I I know exactly what he you know, what you mean because like you know when you used to go to the bars uh, you know and it was like playing Tekken or something I wasn't running in and just whopping people I was like oh I'll pull me punches and let this guy have a good time <laughs> it's the same thing nah you shouldn't do that no mercy uh, well <laughs> learnt me lesson <laughs> uh, so what have you been playing what have I been playing so I bought that um Chrono Cross remaster that they made. Mm-hmm. Um, so that came out this week. Uh, don't really have a better way to play it, so so bought it. And yeah, it's Chrono Cross. Now it comes with that Radical Dreamers, um, which is like a text-based game that kind of bridges a gap between Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross, but at the same time doesn't really. Like there's... There's a character in Radical Dreamers that's in Chrono Trigger, and Radical mm. Dreamers is the characters from Chrono Cross. But it's all very time travel, alternate reality stuff going on all over the place. Um, mm. And it, it is Chrono Cross, and if if you like Chrono Cross, you'll like it because it's Chrono Cross. Um, Chrono Cross is a very, very good uh, JRPG on the PlayStation 1. Um, it still plays like that. Uh, it runs like absolute shite. <laughs> Jesus. I, I don't okay. know. Fucking frame rate is awful. Um like what, are you, I, I, what are you I, playing this on? PS5. Now I look, Digital Foundry did a comparison. Well they did a you know they do deep dive analysis on graphics and how things run. They say it's it runs uh at times worse than the PS1 version. <laughs> I say how how have you done this? Were they trying to keep it as close to the original or something as they could? And then made it worse somehow? Yeah. No, what I mean is they've they've put in the frame rate drops on purpose. You know, they're like, right, we'll have it drop here and here and here, just like it did on the PS1. Ah, but the PS1 uh, stuck pretty much to 30. The, this is oh, going okay. what seems like... Definitely below 30, maybe not single digits, but some of it's like, that's what I was thinking for. I was playing, I was like, is this, did they just maintain the PlayStation 1 frame rate? Because I played some of it on an emulator, yes, which was probably not the most accurate way, but I don't remember it being this bad. Uh, mm. And then saw that article that Digital Foundry did, they said, no, they, they fucked this up. It is... And I guess we shouldn't be surprised since the Square Enix, it is a bare fucking minimum remaster, mm. air quotes, remaster. Like, uh. they uh, they have upscaled, they redrew some of the characters, didn't bother with others, so, like, you know, main characters would probably get a, a, a pass. They upscaled the, you know, the pre-rendered... Uh, backgrounds but didn't really mm-hmm. do a thorough job of it so you've got a lot of artifacting and and shit on the backgrounds and and weird oh, right. weird stuff but that said um if you don't have another way to play corner cross it, like it's worth playing corner cross no matter what so um don't know what the switch version would be would be like but if it's struggling on a ps5 knows. um jesus yeah, but if you if you have a copy of Corner Cross on a PlayStation One, that wouldn't bore your arse with this one, unless you really want to play Radical Dreamers. Um, 
Radical Dreamer is part of it is pretty cool. Like it's all text based. Um, you get some like low res images and and we it's probably gifs, we animations um, of you moving down corridors and stuff. And it, it's like proper old school text based adventure where it's just describing everything in text and it'll ask you what you want to do and you go all right I'll go down to the right uh and then and it describes what you see and then you make a decision decision then um and there's a bunch of you'll get the main ending and there's a bunch of other sort of endings and things like sides stories that you can do after that um and i think uh radical dreamers was actually the uh inspiration for for Chrono Cross, uh, so it's not it's not like completely necessary for you to to play it, but it, it's like uh, you have it there, you may as well check it out, and it's uh, uh. it's pretty cool. I'd, I always liked old school like text based adventures. Something about them, something just especially the ones you would have got where you're able to actually just type in what to do, and you just have a list of commands, uh. like, stuff <laughs> like that. This isn't as uh, in depth of that, you know, you're just picking from a list, but still, it's uh, all time. Like those old school ones, that's kind of where the the whole idea of the Monkey Island games and all came from. It all started as text based adventures, and then mm. obviously it moved on to just choosing what you want to do, and then being able to see what was happening and things like that. But I, uh, the old text adventures were crazy because I remember, oh geez, I can't even remember what it was even called, but I remember being young and I could not figure out how to do anything because it just kept telling me about this cave I was in and I was all leave cave and it was all you can't do that and I was like I just want to get out of this cave but, yeah. the first thing you do is just look yep always yep. in those games look first and then <laughs> you'll be able to see what's around you um what else play quite a few things this week um I did try uh weird west which I did say oh, you tried last it? week. <laughs> Didn't play a while lot of it. Um, I think we were saying about, about Diablo, it's closer to Fallout, like one or two. Oh, it's classic like, Fallout. Now, not gameplay-wise, um, it's real-time. It's not, it's not a turn-based thing. But in the way its missions are, uh, the way you mm. move between areas is all very fallout ask you know you'll have a, an over map and it'll say it'll take you so many hours to travel to this destination then you're traveling mm. traveling and you might get interrupted by a random encounter while traveling mm. and then it'll go into the map and you'll have to deal with whatever's there um i do like the 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 main character the um the woman you play as is a retired bounty hunter um, she has a husband and child, and at the start of it, uh, her child has been murdered, which is unfortunate, and your husband kidnapped, mm. um, and your, your whole thing is you trying to find your husband uh, as a middle-aged woman, which you do not see that in games very often. Nope. Um, Definitely don't. Yeah, so so you, uh, well... You know, you go out uh, into your, you know, you live in a farm now, and you dig up your irons, and hmm. everyone's it's like, very, oh, uh, back. It's very, ah, uh, what do you call? It? Did you ever see the Clint Eastwood film Unforgiven? Yes, yes. I think, uh, uh, apart from the gameplay, you would love 
everything about this except for Ashy Planet, oh. I, I reckon. Ah, oh, that sounds so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because, like, it's not built for a controller, eh? the, the aiming on it. So it's like you freely move about, you aim with the the right stick uh, and move with the left. Um, then you're, you know, you hold down left trigger to aim and then right trigger to shoot. And then you've got a bunch of different mm. abilities as well. Um, but the aiming's really finickety. Um, and it just like uh, this was designed with a mouse in mind, um, mm. and if you go in guns blazing, you will die. You will get fucking mobbed and shot to pieces. Um, uh. And it encourages you to use a lot of stealth and environmental sort of. You know, you get explosive barrels, or the ground here might be covered in oil, and you can light that on fire mm. and blow everybody up. Um, but you know what? It it seems it seems like a decent week game. I don't know if I'll play it anymore because um, it's not normally my kind of thing. I always like the idea, like the original Fallout's, but could never mm. never get in them. There, there's just there's just a bit too much of the like tedium to it. that's a that's a bad word to use that makes it sound bad uh, but again it's just the strategy stuff that maybe like i would bounce off um but like i said like this is more actiony than that so so maybe i will give it another another try it, the the aesthetic is very very good though the the setting i do like that um sort of wild west mixed with monsters and demons and magic and shit I'm actually just looking at a wee bit of footage here, and it has a cool look to it. Hey, it really it, does. It definitely does. I. Hey? Um, if only you had an Xbox, you could just try it and not. Oh yeah, true. It's on the Game Pass. Yeah. Ah, well, you never know. Might be going cheapish someday, but it it definitely has a cool look to it. I love this idea of. You know the mythical and the or the supernatural and the and the West put together. Like I say, mm. I, I used to, I was getting this last week. I was getting this mixed up with Evil West. Um, yeah, I had a yeah, look at that. A, that. That looks interesting. It looks very cool, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Like you say, it's a crying shame this isn't my style of game because everything about this just looks cool as fuck. Uh, damn. Uh, you might you um, might have to you might have to keep me updated on this. You, I might make you play a bit more of this. <laughs> Speaking of things that maybe uh, look better than they play, um, so this game caught my eye on PlayStation Anno. Um, no, mm. not not the city builder Anno. Um, this is called Anno Mutation M. Mut- uh, I don't know how that's not a fucking word. They've just made that up. Um, the reason this caught my eye, it's a cyberpunk theme game, um, but it's the it it mixes adventure game, action game with uh 2D pixel art in a 3D environment. And it's got hey, even a, that just sounds cool. It's got a hell of a look to it. Like, all the, the characters are, are uh, 2D sprites. Um, mm-hmm. But you spend a lot of time, like, moving around this 3D environment. Um, 
Like it's almost like we many open areas and you can travel between them and you're doing, you know, whatever you're doing, you're going to missions and you're investigating stuff and you're talking to people, uh, you know, like you would in a, in a kind of action RPG mm. way. Um, and then when the action starts, it switches to just a 2d plane, um, you know, left to right, uh, you've got, uh, light attack, heavy attack, uh, and a gun. Um, and yeah, it's the the combat in it though feels kind of stiff. Doesn't flow mm. as much as as you would like. Um, like for example, it's got a dodge, um, like a where you roll, and on a t two D plane you. Just, when you dodge past an enemy, it's a while you're facing the wrong way then, and it's a whole handling like oh, it takes uh, too long to turn around and then counter attack, and it just doesn't feel it does for that kind of action game. It just doesn't have that kind of flow that you want, uh, and you always mm. feel like your your start stop sort of you know you can't get the, the sort of combo going that you, that you want. Um, the the look of it the the character design and just yeah it's it's got a hell of a, a good um good art style and um visual design going on uh, sometimes it's worth giving something a try if if it does catch your eye hmm well that's the thing i mean i i know there's games that have caught my eye before and it's it's almost like it's burning a hole in you it's like I want to yeah. try this. Yeah, I want to try this, this. That's what this one felt like. It's like I, I need to like uh, just the way that looks. I, I have to. I, I can't, can't not try this. Um, and it's by no, and no sometimes means you regret it. Oh, yeah, I don't, yeah, re- yeah. I, I don't regret. It. I will probably play more of this because um, it would be more frustrating if it was in any way difficult. But it's not. Mm. <laughs> that's nah, the one thing saving, saving the action. It's it's been pretty easy so far. Um, and it does have that look. The it's it's a Chinese game, I believe, and the mm. translation is <laughs> a bit wonky sometimes. But <laughs> you know, happens. It's a it's a small indie game, so so what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, a couple of new things tried there. Um, probably forget. I I tried a bunch of other stuff, but not. Not enough to, to really talk much about. That's the thing, a game mm. pass. Fire something on for five minutes. Like, <laughs> nah. I, how about we move on to some news stories then? Mm. Um, oh shit, I forgot. Mm-hmm. I, I forgot. Uh, and, and I, need a, I need a music cue. Oh, oh that's hold, right. Hold on. It's that time. We have... Right, so it it's been a while. We, it we has. haven't haven't heard that. That's too loud. We haven't heard anything in a while. Mm-hmm. But we got more NFT news. <sighs> yeah. Oh, right there. We're supposed to be. Uh, um. So, <laughs> first off, though, mm-hmm. uh, Ubisoft are uh, stopping development and support for the Ghost Recon Breakpoint, which is the game where they put the NFTs in. 
Yeah, they're done. But they're yeah. not done. They're not done with NFTs. We're not going to take nope. this failure as a sign of that we shouldn't keep doing this, even though it fucking <laughs> failed miserably. That's how you run We're a business. Double down. Let's double down on this failure. Why? What the fuck? <laughs> See, you damaged your you damaged your company's image really badly. Mm-hmm. And it's sad to say, well, worse than what you did with your whole sexual harassment thing. That should maybe be people's, you know, main problem with Ubisoft. But anyway, yeah, so you, you you did that damage to your thing, and then it it was shit and didn't work. Uh, to the point where you're like, there's no point supporting this game anymore. But you're like, no, nah, but we'll still do it. Are, are, are they just being stubborn at this stage? I think so. It really feels like it. It's like, no, we're going to prove uh, we, don't, we we can't look weak in this. We can't look like we were wrong. We're Ubisoft, one of the biggest game publishers in the world. Especially after they called us all stupid and that we don't get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. None of us got it uh, to the point where none of us wanted to get it. But Ubisoft <laughs> is determined that we will get it, so we will. <laughs> they are determined. Um, and so, like you say, I know they've they've stopped uh, they stopped supporting that last one, but they have announced that there's another one on the way, and it's going to have all the what are they called? Quartz? Is that what they call it? Quartz. Uh, that's just the name for their particular uh, brand of uh, blockchain yes, bullshit. It'll be it'll be in there. Well, I look forward to not ever playing that. Yep. Speaking of not ever playing, this this one hurts me. <laughs> this one confuses me. I don't think most of this stuff has been really confusing, but this one is like, what the fuck are you on about? Uh, so, Sega haven't learned nothing from the past few mm. months. I've decided to throw their hat in the NFT ring um, and Cloud Gaming or thing that doesn't mm. really fucking work. Uh, so they're saying that the future of... It's a natural extension for the future of games to include co- cloud gaming, which that's debatable. We haven't really seen uh, a proper use for that mm. yet. Um, and NFTs. So two things that have seen nothing but failure so far, and that's, that's what the future of game mm. is... So to make matters more confusing, they, they they started saying things in interviews about a super game initiative. Yep. Uh, and to be under the super game banner, you need to be a multi-platform, global, multi-language development, simultaneous, worldwide release, and triple A title, which is none of the games that Sega currently make fall under that at all. Nope. Because Sega make Total War games, Yakuza games, and Shite Sonic games. Mm-hmm. And I don't... I, I love the the Yakuza series, uh, but it is definitely a niche thing. I wouldn't describe it yeah, as AAA yeah. at all. Um, so, in other words, you can imagine that the scale of game development... Uh, will be that of a global blockbuster. Again, when's the last time Sega made a global blockbuster of a game? Uh, I'm actually trying to think. What was Sega's last huge game? Uh, mm. so- Sonic 2? <laughs> <clears throat> like the Sonic Adventure 2 or Sonic 2? Just Sonic 2. <laughs> <laughs> um... 
Right, we've got more word salad here. Sega offers a wide range of game content, including hardware and arcade content, which, uh, which, do, do you? What? Liars? Uh, which is made mm. possible by its diverse range of technology. What hardware are they talking about? They're cl- they, they sold Club Sega. What the fuck are they talking about? Um, diverse range of technology. We had to find Super Game as a development of AAA titles that cross over Sega's comprehensive range of technologies, and we will aim to achieve this in our f- five-year plan. Uh, s- several title- titles are being developed within the framework of Super Game, and while each title will vary, there is no doubt there will be interactive titles that will go beyond the tr- traditional framework of games. Uh... So what do you take from that? Because I'll I'll tell you what I take from that. Oh, we're not done yet. Oh, Jesus. For example, in the past, people who played games were called gamers. But now, watching games has become a culture in itself. Well, you're not wrong there. And such people could no longer be called gamers. What the f... I think there is a great potential in the relationship between people who play and watch games. Yes, it's called fucking Twitch. Jesus Christ. Yep. Uh, we are thinking of creating a new entertainment within these possible... You're going to make Twitch, aren't you? You're going to try and make your own Twitch. That's what that means. Mm. Um, right. What do you think that all this means? I think Sega have realized that... At one stage, Sega used to make games, right? And then they obviously went bigger into the publishing side of things. Mm-hmm. And I think... Th- they're either trying to create their own sort of like this is us and this we do this here and we will keep our we sega brand over here but we'll also have all our own stuff in it so we'll have as you say we'll have our own we twitch and you can only use this if you're on sega stuff or sega apps so or sega the, machines or they're trying to make they're a, trying to separate them what's called a, a walled garden yeah so that is te- take for example Apple mm-hmm. you know so you that you can only buy stuff through their app store and that's what you call a walled garden so it's they, they have control of everything you think Sega's trying to do this as well and I think they're trying to but they obviously they don't have the foothold to do no. it I... um, either that or they're trying to just spew all this madness so that no one pays attention to the fact that they're getting into NFTs. So this is like, right, lads, we'll say about these super games and shit, right? And then we can just do all the NFT stuff, but everyone will be too confused by the super game thing. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, so this is more than likely what it is. It's a way of dressing this up in a different way to try and sneak Mm. it past you again. Mm. But just, just no. If you make games like NFTs, I, I, I wouldn't be for playing them. Don't care how no. good they are. And I uh, guarantee all Sega's new games will have NFTs in them. I bet you focus on trying to like remember how to make a good Sonic game. Mm. Instead of relying on fans. <laughs> yeah. They haven't made a good Sonic game in 20 plus years, except for the one that they let a fan make. So they didn't even make that, to be fair. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been a long time since Sega made a good Sonic game. So, 
Yeah. It's, uh, it's, and now they're going to turn them into an NFT machine. You, you do sit there with any, especially any of these older um, publishers that have these really loved franchises and they have completely lost the plot on how to make a good game out of those franchises. So they're like, oh, how do we make money off Castlevania? Mm. Or, you know, mm. something that was like, oh, look at this NFT shit. We don't have to develop a game. We just put out a fucking JPEG and some idiot will buy it for 30 grand. And it's like... Literally how that meeting went. It's like, dear Jesus, what the fuck are you doing? Make a game. Make a fucking game. Or if you don't say, want to, let someone that will. Uh, I know Sega says, oh, we're making super games. It's like, well, don't... don't taint them with all this other bullshit that is going to add nothing to it even though you say you think it will it it won't it won't nope. you can't there's nothing there what do you fuck off uh i i thought i thought people learned their lesson to to keep those three fucking letters out of their fucking mouth i felt like we were doing really well didn't it especially like when when Ubisoft sort of came out and says, "I we've only made like 300 bucks out of this quartz thing. You thought, oh, happy days. Everyone's sort of going to realize that this shit's not working. But no, Ubisoft's doubling down and now Sega's going to make super games, which to me is just code for, we're going to make a bunch of shit with NFTs in it. And this is how we're going to dub it, super games. Yeah. This, this it's, I still don't think this will actually take off. Um, nah. You'll, like you'll see articles being all like oh nft is the future oh the 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 current the, i saw one it's like oh the with the current uh situation in in europe or around ukraine and and, and whatnot the this all is bitcoin's time to shine it's like yeah so all the russian oligarchs can get their money out of mm-hmm. the ruples so they don't lose it all so it's yep. good for crime and yep bullshit people like <laughs> you that doesn't really prove a point it's got no fucking normal application in everyday life unless you're a fucking oil billionaire trying to hide your money mm-hmm. which that's yeah, very relatable unless you're a human piece of shit i hide my oil billions in bitcoin <laughs> i had mine in the sofa just <laughs> my sofa's just made of money <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's so uncomfortable because they keep it all in coin form as well oh jesus <laughs> two pound coins <laughs> yep I just jump onto a big mountain of two pound coins and break so me back every day you basically Scrooge McDuck <laughs> <laughs> no that's Dan Housen <laughs> um, moving on then uh, so the, the video game BAFTAs happened hmm so we may as well talk about that, even though right, Game Awards. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I've never been the biggest fan of award ceremonies in general. Like it took me a good while to realize that. When I was younger, I thought these were like a big deal, and then it wasn't until I was a bit older I was like, "Wait a minute, this is all favoritism bollocks." <laughs> there, there, there is a bit of that to it. So, like the the BAFTAs, uh, what is that? The British Academy of Film, Television, and Television. What's the last A? Academy? Awards. Awards. Oh, so it's not yeah, BAFTA it's awards. BAFTA. It's just it's just the ba- right. Fair enough. The so I, I guess it's kind of like the British Oscars. There is. Yeah, 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 yeah. It except, is. 
Except they're they're a bit better than the Oscars since they'll let fucking video games have a go. <laughs> Which, yeah, yeah, uh, true. Still can be pretty pretentious though. Oh, it is, I but it's know. nice to see like, them at least get recognized. Not, not, nomin- not even nominating Resident Evil Village for your game of the year for mm-hmm. last year it seems a bit. What are yeah, you doing? One of the highest selling games of last year, one of the most talked about games of last year. Uh, you know, and you're, you're not even going to put it on there for what? What? What was it nominated for? I'm going to guess uh, it was something to do with voice acting. And Two things, maybe something yes. to do with. The, uh, your woman got nominated yeah. for best supporting role performance. Uh, yeah, performer in a supporting role. Uh, Maggie Robertson was nominated for uh, Lady Dimitrescu, and mm-hmm. then I think it was yeah nominated for technical achievement. Oh, that RE engine! I good point. I I hmm. uh, out of something else. Yeah. So who won all these then? And that's I I don't the the there's always a, and the Oscar suffers from this as well. It's like why do you look down on like the big blockbuster games like stuff that's that's maybe a bit campy and uh, a bit pulpy uh, and it, it just the the stuff doesn't the things like that don't get held to the same. Uh, or, or don't get appreciated on the same level uh, uh, in the context of these award shows, as you know. Yeah. So, with, like the likes of your, like your big, as we would call them, big popcorn blockbusters, the likes of your Marvel movies, mm. they would never be in the Oscars. I will say this. Well, they they, they do get into the Oscars, but it's always visual effects or some mm-hmm, bullshit mm-hmm. like that. Um, it's hard to get, see them winning, you know, Best Picture, even though maybe had the, the most fun i'll say something now terminator 2 judgment day i think has as much artistic cultural importance as the fucking mona lisa yeah 100%. there you go more so one's a picture of some woman just sitting there looking kind of bored the other's robot yeah. from the future and explosions nobody nobody quotes the mona lisa <laughs> you just go look at it and go hey that's it's pish. I, <laughs> it is a bit pish. Like. I'm sorry. It is a bit pish. It's an overrated pile of pish. But like Terminator Two will go down in history as one of the greatest things that like that was ever created. And you know, some people say, "Oh, it was James Cameron's creation," or it was Arnold's, you know, acting or whatever. No, it is a. You know, movies are also a big team effort as well. Whereas some dude just painted a woman who wasn't sure what type of mood she was in, and it's like. Yeah, everyone like for millions of years, people probably will still talk about this goddamn picture, which is about the size of a freaking postage stamp, by the way. Um, but Terminator you, uh, Two, as you say, will be more important to way more people than the Mona Lisa. Yeah, well, uh, let's let's go through these awards. <laughs> Sorry, I know I went in a rant there. You actually made a really good point, then, and, and it touched me, man. It touched me. <laughs> um, so we we have uh, an award for animation, which Ratchet and Clank won. Well, that makes sense. Uh, have you played? Have that? you seen that game in action? No, I need to play that. I really should. It's fucking amazing looking. Wonder, You're literally playing a Pixar movie. I wonder will that be on the. 
PlayStation Ooh. Plus. That would be a good shout. Um, uh, artistic achievement. Now, here's a fucking... Oh, shit, wait. Resident Evil Village got nominated on this. Huh. Artistic achievement, in a way. Uh, Artful hmm. Escape, which I haven't played. It's an Annapurna published game, so that should probably give you uh, an idea of, like, yeah. That's What's that? Uh, no, they're a publisher. They do a lot of indie, uh, artsy sort right. of games. Um, how do you define artistic achievement? Uh, never. Let's not. Let's not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> Audio achievement. Right. Not to be confused with best music, because I think that's in here as well. Um, oh, okay. Or I could be wrong, but uh, Returnal won audio achievement. Well, audio achievement, that should be like your sound design because that's such an important part and such an overlooked part of games is sound design. Wait, was Resi not in that? No. Oh, man, they obviously never played that dollhouse, but... <laughs> With the Artful Escape, Call of Duty Vanguard, uh, Deathloop, Halo Infinite, and Guardians of the Galaxy. Good to see Guardians popping up on this because it's really good. They mm. should make a sequel to that, even though Square Enix was like, oh, it didn't meet expectations, even though it like sold really well. It's like, oh, well, fucking temper your expectations, Square mm. Enix, for fuck's sake. Um, so best game, which is just right in the middle here. Don't say this for last or anything. Uh, Returnal won that. Um, what was it up against? It was up against Deathloop, Forza Horizon 5, Inscription. I don't get Inscription. Uh, it takes two, uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. See, that's one I was like, I, why is Resident Evil not, not in that? But yeah, I guess uh, everyone's got their taste. Like, I would take Resident Evil over Inscription. Uh, I just, what the uh, hell's Inscription? It's a card game, but it's not a card game. Does it, it, it does a cool thing where it's like it, you're playing this cursed game and you get trapped oh, in the game yeah. and uh, you play this card game and it's a bit of a roguelike and it, yes. it gets weird, but I couldn't get into it at all. Um, uh, because it's the BAFTA's British game, I mm. assume they mean best British game, mm. uh, Forza Horizon 5 on that. Um and yeah, I've never played Fights in Tight Spaces. Alba, no idea. Sable's all right. Um, Death Door is very good, but yeah, Forza Horizon 5 is mm. way better. Uh, best debut, which... Um, New IP? I'm tr trying to see... I don't know. No, I don't think it's a new IP. I think it's the studio's first game. Oh, okay. Uh, which was won by Toem Development Team uh, for something we made. Uh, I have no idea what this is. Okay. Forgotten Cities in there. And that Eastward. And Artful Escape. Uh, best Evolving Game. This will be your live services. This is mm. except all the disco Elysiums in here for some reason. Okay, I, d I have no idea why disco Elysium is is in here. Yes, they did a version called the Final Cut where they made changes to it when they released it on console. 
which is what they have it. But that's that's, that's an update. Like, that's not an evolving game. Yeah, the, the close in the name, the final cut is like this is it. This is the that's a version. Yeah. <laughs> but the other like the No Man's Sky won this. That's a uh, hell of a turnaround for that game. And then you, the others, you yep. had uh, Among Us, uh, Animal Crossing, Apex, uh, Fortnite. Among Us was in there? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Well, if you consider what they were doing and, and how it, what they, the way they reacted after it blew up, cancel the sequel uh, and work on it. Like, doing well, that sort of stuff is pretty cool. Some of the updates they've done there is fantastic. I don't know if you've played i know forgive me i'm gonna do a wee two minute among us bit here but i don't know if you've played it recently but there there is this really cool new feature now for the imposter called the shapeshifter where you, you can literally turn into one of the crewmates and you can just run in front of people and kill people and mm. you know you're you're looking like someone else so they get blamed and get chucked out yeah it's great pretty cool <laughs> yeah but then you have uh, to be careful because some people will go, oh, he killed in front of everybody. He must be a shapeshifter. But then it could be the imposter just killing someone as well. So true, true. It's a whole, it's a whole head game. It's very good, very good. Sorry. But yeah, that makes sense. That That's very evolved considering, as you say, what it was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, so best family game was Chicory. I haven't played. I've heard you. I misheard you there. I thought you, I thought you said chivalry there. I was like, Jesus, when was that? <laughs> Just arms Holy and heads shit. flying everywhere. Now, nah, chicory. Um, so here, to, what I don't know what this means. Best game beyond entertainment. Right. Yeah, I don't know. So, well, who are the nominations, and we'll try and figure out what it means. <laughs> so, Alba, a wildlife adventure. Uh, chicory, a colorful tale. Game Builder Garage, Garage, uh, It Takes Two, and Psychonauts Two, and the winner was Before Your Eyes. Hmm. I'm not sure. Like I said, maybe these are a tiny bit pretentious. Um, game design. That's straightforward enough. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking game mechanics. So Inscription won this. Alright. Very it. unique. I get it. Yeah, it is. It is very, very unique. Um and you you had like Death Loop in there, Returnal in there, Ratchet and Clank. Um for some reason Forza Horizon five, which seems out of place with the others they put in here, because Forza Horizon five is near identical to Forza Horizon Four, except it's in a different location. So hmm. I don't know. Um, right, best multiplayer. Uh, it takes two oneness, which is only two players. I don't know. Maybe you Aye. should, maybe you should expand that out a bit to, uh, you know, like full on multiplayer or two player. Oh, two, two, let me te- check something here. Uh, bu- 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 bu. Two's not multiple. Two's two. Yeah. So uh, this came out obviously. So hang on, this game won best multiplayer mm-hmm. when it came out in the exact same year as the likes of Chivalry Two. Yeah, Chivalry Two is not even on here. Uh, Hell Let Loose that- is Halo Infinite, Forza Horizon. Hell Let Loose. 
<laughs> Call of Duty Vanguard, which is supposed to be <laughs> fucking awful, by the way. Either Call of Duty fans it hate it. Uh, um, Back for Blood, which was, let's be honest, is okay, but come on. Yeah, it's grand. Chivalry's better than... Chivalry's better than most of those. Uh, what the <laughs> fuck? Don't worry, it's just an award. Fuck it. Uh, um, these people me- clearly either don't know or just don't like video games. Yeah. Uh, best music was Returnal. Um, best narrative was Unpacking, which is a game I forgot to mention when we were talking about our favorite games from last year. Unpacking is oh, yeah. fucking brilliant. It's where you just... I have... like. Tells a great story without you ever actually seeing a human being, <laughs> and it's it's just you unpacking shit. And as this woman moves from house to house throughout her life, I've heard it's, it's really damn good. It's fucking great. Um, best original property, it takes two. Um, performer in a leading role. Um, so. Jane Perry won that playing Celine from Returnal. Returnal really cleaned up here. Um, mm. Performer in a supporting role uh, was Kimberly Brooks playing Hollis Forsyth in Psychonauts 2. Uh, I haven't played Psychonauts, but Jesus, the impact Maggie Robertson had as Lady Demetrasque. I, I can you not? Uh, well, fuck it. <laughs> I know. Um, I know. Technical achievement was Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Makes sense. And then they had a, a public vote for game of the year and unpacking won that. Oh, okay. For unpacking. Yeah, and that that, that were the BAFTAs. Uh, Wait, so that was a public vote? Yes. That's the one award that mattered then? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> but, uh, no, 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 no. Resident Evil still wasn't in it. Oh, for fu- oh did they pick the nominations? And you just I, chose I, from... I have no idea. I couldn't tell you what way it worked. But... Fucking hell, eh? So, right. Evil G's take on the BAFTAs is fuck the BAFTAs. <laughs> ah! Yeah, it's just... Uh... <laughs> well, that's my take. Sorry, that's, that's Stu's take on it. I don't care enough about the BAFTAs. Don't even know why we talked about it. Sometimes it's just fun to go through lists of things. It kind um, is, isn't it? So Criterion have been working on a Need for Speed game forever, and it's Yay! coming out in November, apparently. That's Looking all. Forward oh, to and it will only be on current gen stuff, so no, no PlayStation fours or. Um. Yeah, I'll play a Need for Speed game. That last one was okay. No, but it wasn't Criterion as well, so mm, mm. we'll see what uh, Criterion does. The problem is, is all these car manufacturers won't let Criterion wreck their fucking cars. Nope. Which is one Which of the is be- best. Uh, I suppose. But it's one of the best things about, about Burnout. Um, yep. But it also does mean that Criterion get to design these crazy, unique cars themselves, and they are so cool at car design. So oh no, they they won't though. Is they'll 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 put real cars in it and just won't have the destruction models. I would say you're not going to have a Need Ooh. for Speed game without real cars. So you think they will take the crashing out? 
Yeah, I don't think I don't think unless they can convince these car manufacturers to let us wreck your cars. But the thing, the thing, right? So I get, I get what you're saying, like, but th- this isn't the first Need for Speed criterion is done. Did they have crashes in the last one? In that Hot Pursuit remaster, is that them? Yes, they remastered that. Right? Did I have full on? Oh, because right, that was Destruct- the point. You were the cops smashing out the fucking criminals. Yeah, uh, maybe. Uh, so they did uh, Need for Speed Rivals, uh, and they did Need for Speed Most Wanted. Rivals was not the first one on the PlayStation Four, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that wasn't bad either. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, but you're going from Burnout to yeah, that's all right. <laughs> mm, that's true. Oh, they they actually did Hot Pursuit. Pursuit. Oh, did they? I thought they just mm. done the remaster. No, that was that was their first Need for Speed game. Well, they you were straight up smashing boys in that. But yeah. again, I think they done the non like official car shit. No, Need for Speed's always. Car licenses, because part of the Need for Speed mm-hmm. thing is customizing the cars, not. And, um. All right, we'll we'll see. It's yeah. supposed to. Be, this isn't officially announced for November, but that's it's Jeff Grubb reporting that, and he's usually not wrong. Mm. Um, a couple of other quick things because we should need to move on to wrestling soon uh yeah we all know battlefield 2042 is going to shit we already spoke about it it fell under 1000 concurrent players on steam uh, down to 979 which is not a good sign um its all-time peak is 100,000. um so ah. <laughs> uh things things have gone bad um if you look at battlefield 5 it is yep. got way more. So, like, there's screenshots here from Steam. So, the there's a 24-hour peak here. Right? What was the peak players over the last 24 hours? Battlefield 2042 is 2,411 players. Uh, mm. Battlefield 5 is 20,000 players. <laughs> 21,000 <000 laughs> players. So, yeah. So, 5. People are going back to 5. So, if you want to get into 5 and you enjoyed it and then thought you had to move on, just go back. Yeah, that's the a, players that's are there. You get games. You get games easy. Yep. <clears throat> and Elden Ring. I finished Elden Ring, by the <laughs> way. Oh, that's right. You finished it. Well done. Yay! Speedrun <laughs> of 135 hours. Um, <laughs> so we spoke about Distortion Two. He has me beat by a hair. Where he has done oh. the run in eight minutes and fifty six seconds now, <laughs> slightly, so you just have slightly to quicker than one hundred and thirty four hours and forty eight minutes, and you can get him. Yeah. So we spoke about him before getting below thirty minutes. Now he's below ten minutes. Um, I watched this one to, to see what the fuck are you doing. He's using this uh, glitch called a zip glitch. Um, it's basically right. you walk and guard and try and make the walking and garden animation overlap and it like causes your your character to 
zip, as it were, like just teleport forward <laughs> so you can get to places right. where you shouldn't go. Um, it's very, it's doing it is very hardware specific so you need to be getting mm. like you have to be frame perfect to nail it so not to take away from oh he's just skipping everything it's like doing what he's doing is really really difficult um mm-hmm. so you shouldn't take that away and that's how speedruns go it's about getting around these things to get to the end quicker mm-hmm. it's not about beating yes there are speedruns for beating everything in the game as quick as possible but these are called any percent speed runs where it's like get to the end by any means as quick as you can. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's nuts. He could probably, uh, I was uh, watching this run. He fucked up, had to reload. So we'll probably see a quicker one. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Very good. That's bad. I know. I, I couldn't even fathom getting through that game in an hour, let alone eight minutes. <laughs> I know, obviously, as you said, he's sort of doing the zip thing, but even just crossing that map in eight minutes, it must have just looked like a blur at one stage. I couldn't figure out what he was doing. <clears throat> he was sitting there guarding, I was like, and then suddenly you go through the map and be fallen. Um, and this is from the very beginning of the game. And then suddenly mm. he'd be at the end of the first... Um, uh, what do you call it? Storm Stormville Castle. Uh, like the, he's at the exit after the boss is like, how the f- what the fuck just happened? <laughs> <laughs> so he basically zipped out of bounds and then fell down into the um, uh. <laughs> uh, down down into the end of that because you start right beside that castle on the wee island part. The um, oh yeah, of course. And then he just does it again, and suddenly he's in Rhea Lucaria. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, and then then did it again, and was in a place you haven't been yet, so I won't tell you. Jesus, okay. <laughs> he's flying around the place then. I will, then in that case, I'm glad you told me that, because I was about to go, I must check this out, but no. I oh, no, don't, don't, don't do that. You'll nope, ruin. nope. Yeah. Yep. Don't um, like to ruin stuff. Even though I don't know the story of the game that much, but I still don't want to ruin areas and stuff. Uh, Vati Vidya has his first lore video up. Uh, it's just a general lore video. I, I understand mm. things a little more. I still have so many questions, especially about the ending I got. <laughs> I have no idea what I did, if it's good or bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love about Souls games. Like, so a- I remember the first time I, ble- I beat Bloodborne, I turned into a slug. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, my character turned into a slug, and I was like, "What the fuck's going on here?" Did you, and the doll like, me up and said, Give me all the knowledge, and it's like, "Okay, here you go, you're a slug now." <laughs> well, German says, "Hey, I can kill you, and sure you can wake up." And I was all, "No, nah, I don't want you to kill me." So then he's all, "Right, you have to fight me." Then so I fought German, and then this thing came out of the moon and attacked me, and then I killed that, and then I turned into a slug, and the wee doll picked me up and says, "You can now rest." And I was like, "Okay, what the fuck happened? Why am I a slug now?" Hmm. I went with Rani yeah. Sandin, which uh, I I don't I don't think I'm. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Moon. The moon happened in for Elden me as well. So there you go. The fucking moon. It causes problems. The moon's always. It's either moon. The moon or fire. That's, uh, 
that's Souls games in a nutshell. I guess Demon Souls ends with a big fire, doesn't it? Everything burns or something. Fucking everything burns and everything. Not true. Those, uh, maybe I don't think maybe Bloodborne doesn't set everything on fire. Oh no, everything catches fire. Oh okay. Uh right. Did you ever what? What? I was gonna say, did you actually did you ever finish Bloodborne? No, I must get all that. Alright. Near, near the end, everything just everything, like the whole fucking map, anywhere you go, it's just on fire and you're like, what the fuck's going on? But maybe I better wait oh. and maybe we'll get that PS5 version. Maybe someone will unlock that frame rate. Not even that. Uh if this thing that Sony talked about a couple of weeks ago happens, you might be able just to get a nice I don't know. I don't know. See, the problem is, is if they wanted work done on that, they'd have to get from software to do it, which I, I, I'm assuming that's not as easy as going, hey, boys, go and, mm. go and do a thing. Hence why they mm. bought Bluepoint to remaster, you know, demons. Uh, so, mm. Yeah, I might get that remaster then. But, aye, that's, that's fantasy booking. <laughs> yes. Speaking of, here's the... Uh, Wrestling stuff for last week. Uh, <laughs> what happened? I, I'm trying that to think. Is there anything out, outside AEW that happened that's worth mentioning? There is one thing we do have to discuss. What? And that's this CYN shit. Oh, do you even want to talk about that? Control your narrative, fucking weirdos. <laughs> no super yeah, kicks. It's, Fuck off. It's like. I was kind of excited at first because I was told, oh, this could, this is going to be done like Lucha Underground. And I was all, class, because I, I love me some Lucha Underground. And then the more I read about it, the more I was like, this is like a shitty fucking fight club ripoff. I have no interest in this anymore. Yeah, uh, Lucha Underground for fucking Sigma weirdos. <laughs> it, like, it, just it, scre- it just screams like pure fucking, you know white rage bullshit it's just oh uh, like either these guys are serious about the shit and they actually think that which makes them arseholes or they're intentionally trying to grift people that are and or get people on like that by acting like that which means they're still arseholes for doing that as well so uh, mm. i don't know uh and I, they don't exactly have, have the greatest roster no, I have very quickly lost interest in it, so I have. Um, when they like, got I've Austin, always been a big f- when they got Austin Aries, <laughs> it's like all better uh, off. Fuck this. Because I always enjoyed EC3. I've always liked EC3, but uh, this this angry persona thing he's doing. At first, I thought, you know, although this is interesting, but now it's like, is he actually like this? Because it just yeah. seems a real better bastard now. Yeah, like, and dude, what did they? Do to you at WWE? Like, even in interviews and stuff, it's like I can see that you're really angry about something. Because <laughs> like, there was oh, the Chris Van right. Blair one where he had the COVID, and he was still like, like he clearly was not in character, but he just seemed pissed about something. And you're like, man, get over it. I know you were probably thinking you've hit the WWF and you've hit the big time, and this is it now, but uh. Sorry, you were just treated like a chump, and that happened to other people, and they've moved on and got on with it. Was it you that theorized that maybe he was like, "Oh, once I get out of here, 
Tony Khan's going to sign me for sure, and then didn't. <laughs> my theory was that of um, that was my theory of Braun Strowman. I oh right, no, that was never fuck that guy. Because Braun was on fucking Twitter slabbering about Tony and all the rest of it, so he was. And then uh, I thought to myself, right, he's just raging because he thought, right, I've left WWE. Tony Khan will pick me up. Look the size of me, I'm huge. And like Tony Khan, who actually knows wrestling, was going, no fucking way, you getting in my company, get the fuck, you big useless treacle bastard. It's a direct quote. I <laughs> probably is. Tony Khan's a maniac. I was he doing? Yeah. What was fucking mad tweet by independent <laughs> studies? It's like, what the fuck? Are you... He like, is mad. He is. Is, mad. He, is he being for real right now? But it's like I, and, and I don't some, know. Some people take wild offense to it though. It's like man, calm down. He's like, ah, he's talking shit, but like, get over it. The man does not take criticism well. I'll I'll say that. No. It's like, no. you, chill out, Tony. Like not everyone's gonna uh, like your shit. Just chill. Uh, it doesn't. It does not take criticism well. He really doesn't. But um, uh, he he was obviously going mad on the fucking Twitters as well. And then fucking I forget his real name, but he jumped on board saying that I fucking Tony pays dirt sheets and all this here. And you're like, oh my fucking god! I there's like two different <laughs> words. There's like people who watch wrestling and enjoy it, and then there's like the Twitter wrestling world where everyone's insane. <laughs> I don't know what's a fucking work and what's the, what's a shoot anymore. I, I just, just... no, I just. We just watch the TV shows and enjoy it. That's the way I treat it now. People, right. Just people on Twitter and saying, so speaking of the TV shows. So Dynamite, we got a, we got a really good Dynamite. Um, we did. We opened up with Christian Cage and Adam Cole, and they put on a hell of a match. Uh, uh, Christ, Christian, first time uh, ever. like. Yeah, and, and that was that was great. Uh, yeah, Christian hasn't lost a step. I, no. And, uh, I think he's even better than what I last remembered him, you know. Mm. He seems to be even. I don't know whether it's you know he's been he's, he's those seven a, years he took off if he's training or if you know he's just just I, I working with better people. I don't he's know. He's just got this style that he can just do, and there's nothing to it. It, it ages very well the way he wrestles. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, but this match was great. I loved uh, Adam Cole spitting on him because he that was that's mm. that's, a, that's a Christian move there. Just to spit on mm. him, they wind him up and then run around the ring. But uh, and Christian cuts him off because he he knows yep. them tricks. He he's ah. he knows. <laughs> um, also in this match is the reason why Excalibur is the best commentator in wrestling today, bar none. Is mm. he calls when. Adam Cole hits the boom and mm-hmm. Christian kicks out. He's, he's like, it's because he had the knee pad down. And then he yep. calls back to when it happened at Revolution against Hangman mm-hmm. as well. Just like Hangman, he gave him the boom. He didn't have the knee down. And it's like, did he know he was going to do that ahead of time and had that line? Or did he just see him do it and go, oh, I, and I, I but it's sweet things like that. It's just, you know, Making it yep. consistent and saying like, I if he has the knee pad on while doing this, it's probably not going to take you out." Um, aye, that's, that's just, not as effective with the knee pad up. I it, it was yeah. it's fantastic. That's just Excalibur he, he doing doing his doing his thing. Hey, it's he's so good. Mm. Um, 
we speaking of Hangman, he comes out and challenges Cole to a Texas death match. Cole looks fucking terrified. <laughs> this promo from him was absolutely bright. There was just a bit where like obviously Hangman comes out and he's all fired up and all and Cole sort of does that thing the heels usually do where they walk around the ring and Hangman just dives into him basically and starts screaming, Look at me when I'm talking to you and the crowd's losing their shit at this. <laughs> so fucking like this is like normally the champs the guys sort of doing the white meat baby face promos but hangman's like nah i'm gonna let what was it he says get your affairs in order and you're like yep he's literally going to fucking kill you you're a dead man <laughs> he's had enough of your shit he's it going a, to kill you it is a texas death match now mm. don't think anyone yeah we've seen the we've seen the we've seen the eulogies on bte sure <laughs> <laughs> Um, Samoa Joe versus Caster for a place in the Owen tournament. Uh, grand match. Like Samoa Joe. Ah, this this was just about showing off. Like if you maybe just somehow never seen Joe wrestle, this was just showing off Joe. Oh, I have a question. Hmm. The Muscle Buster. Yes. There was a huge pop for that Muscle Buster. Am y- yeah, I correct in thinking he was not allowed to do that? No. No. Guy got his neck broke, so uh, that's usually WWE's reaction is, now it's wrestling, you could potentially get your neck broke with any move, but uh, WWE's mm-hmm. like, if one specific move, someone does get their neck broke, they're like, don't do that move anymore. It's like, well, it's a bit late now. Um, yeah, they had that move banned uh, because uh, Tyson Kidd broke his neck taking that move. Um, Who done it then? Joe. Oh, it was, was on, Joe. It was one on NXT. It was, it was an accident, it was an unfortunate accident, and it can happen. It can literally happen with any fucking move. Hmm. Um, and stopping a really specific move, which is usually safe. Um, hmm. Especially the way Joe does it. Yeah. Big E just got his neck broke from a fucking suplex. Are we banning suplexes now? Hmm. But yeah, no, I did. I sort of noticed the the crowd losing it when he went for the muscle buster, and I was like, yeah. "Oh shit!" Because I just I don't know how, but I quickly put it together. I was like, "Has he not been allowed to do this or something? People, Why is the crowd losing their mind?" <laughs> we haven't seen it in a while, mm. um, so that is why. Uh, Captain Sean Dean taking on Sean Spears here, um, <laughs> but uh, the 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 big story is. Uh, oh, sorry. Wait, before we get that, we get full on heel Jay Lethal and uh, Sanjay Dutt. That's right. Calling out Joe. Um, they got yep. a present for him next week. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm liking that, that, that we're getting this on on screen thing with Jay Lethal and Joe because that, that you can not spell that all over the Ring of Honor stuff when whenever that all gets gets going. Uh, we Sanjay and everyone getting involved. It's like, oh, Jesus. Because I know he's obviously a backstage guy, but I've, I've, we've never seen him on camera before. Mm. So even uh, he's causing trouble. Aye. He's like a backstage guy, Ring of Honor. I believe. All right, okay. I think he's retired. Oh, yeah, he's... Here former X Division champion and all him and Joe done a lot of work together in Impact. But yeah, yeah. I know he's always kind of been backstage, but I never 
I never sort of knew there was a history so, uh, with him and at, Jay Lethal. Uh, at Supercard, they explained, I was like, oh, they're, they're old friends and all. And he came out and tried to calm Jay Lethal down when he was going nuts at... Uh, mm. um, Gresham. Gresham, I. Uh, and then he turned and willed Gresham uh, first. That's right, <laughs> he that's he right, threw the Shoji. first punch. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, okay, we got Captain Sean Dean and Sean Spears... Um, Easy win for Sean, uh, Sean Dean. <laughs> mm. We do get the MJF on commentary. Um, <laughs> and of course, Wardlow appears. So it causes the distraction. <laughs> he's all like, I'm coming to get until like Sean Dean wins. And he's like, oh, that's all right. I'm way out. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> he beats a fucking everyone on the way to the ring. Yep. I did love that though. As soon as Dean got the pin, he just starts laughing and waving bye bye and on, just sort of casually walks backwards out, and everyone's losing their minds with this. But yeah, it's pretty cool that this is what he's doing. He's not, he's not getting his hands on them. He's just fucking with their matches now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now this next, leads so... to a match this week for Sean Dean and MJF, and I would love to see Sean Dean do it again. <laughs> Sean Dingo two and zero over MJF. <laughs> Um, what did you think of this uh, Kingston Santana Ortiz um, promo? It felt kind of grand. Grand? Oh, I just uh, love the way Eddie, Eddie Kingston just no music. Here we are. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's I th- I think um, with uh, Santana Ortiz, it's it's. It's it's weird seeing them sort of role reversal now, but Santana just comes across so fucking good on the mic. Ortiz is just like, I are gonna batty, but mm. Santana's just angry fucking. But I don't. So it's almost like you can almost see it. Like Eddie's almost like, I'm fed up of promos. Let's fucking do this. <laughs> you know, it's like hey, so we're gonna beat your ass, old school like junkyard dog Butreed style. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I, I I I can listen to Eddie Kingston uh, all day long, but uh, I hope they don't mm. fall down the the hole of Santana Ortiz getting out from under Jericho, only to be under someone else. Like, mm. but uh, so far it's been fine. They're like, you know, they're they're sharing everything is, uh, you know, they're all getting mic time and that, and it it's not coming mm. across as them being Eddie Kingston's lackeys or anything. Um. Mm. Then we had the table match. This was odd. Uh, <laughs> it was all right. It wasn't. JR called it bull and she ugly, so that tells you what you need to know. Uh, there was someone, I can't remember who it was, but somebody did not go through a table, but they were still Jeff, clapped as being out. Jeff, yeah. the table didn't break. Um, no. And instead of, hey, you need to, you need to uh, go do that again. They're like, ah, fuck it. Mm. Um, but you could have just not called it. But I guess you don't want um, you don't want Bladen Butcher losing in with you know back to back table mm. breaks and not getting one on the Hardies. I guess. Mm. And Jeff kind of disappeared for a while. How do we sleep? How do we sleep and let Matt deal with himself? <laughs> you got this man but no, it was a, 
Uh, it was a grand old match. Um, I'm a I'm a big fan of Butcher and Blade. I just hope they start to do more with them. I feel like they're kind of. I don't want to say that they're a job or tag team, but well, I haven't seen them win in ages. <laughs> they're not job or jobber, but they're like they are definitely in what you would call enhancement. Mm. You know, they'll they'll keep them having a good record on dark, but they are there to put the bigger teams over. Um, mm. But they, they can go as well, though they're yeah, you know. I'm a big fan of Butcher. I think he's fantastic. Mm. Just has that cool look to him as well. Big man, like we also had a Jade, Jade Cargill promo in here somewhere where she was talking shit about M- MMA fighters popping up everywhere. Mm. Uh, we got a match with her and Marina Shafir, which I'm dreading to be honest. Mm. Um, Marina Shafir was not very good on NXT. Uh, we haven't really seen much of her on Dark because it's all squash matches, so yeah, this is gonna be a test for Jade, definitely. Mm. Very much so. Um, so Hikarashita is in the Owen Hart Foundation tournament now. She beat Julia Hart. But it's the big to- thing about this match was the the attitude of Julia. It's she's finally starting to be like, so I'm here. Fuck off, you two. <laughs> she's got there is black makeup underneath that eye patch. Yes, yes, <laughs> notice that. <laughs> This is the slow. Is this one of the slowest burn stories in AEW? It's not like a slowest burn as they're doing. It's just they don't bring it up no, that no. often. But yeah, it's it's obviously there, but they're because you know you think oh the eye patch a couple of weeks later this will happen, but this has been quite a while now, and something <laughs> there has to be at one point where she's it's going to be the blondes guesses against the House of Black again, and then she finally turns or something i don't know mm, mm. i hope she joins house of black um oh she has to at this stage she's getting the black eye and all so ditch this fucking cheerleader well i, I can I, see that going next yeah i i never liked the whole uh oh, college sports the, the gimmick even like mm-hmm. even the steiners done it it's like boys you're in your 30s would just Catch yourselves on <laughs> coming out in Letterman Jack. Yeah, well, fucking, what do you call him? Rotunda did it as well. Um, Mike, Rot- Mike Rotunda. And him, like, looking like a 40 year old man coming out in the, you know, the college <laughs> sport jacket. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> it, it's, it's one of those gimmicks that the, in wrestling just never, like, there's, there's always a cowboy. Granted, we have a very Aye. good cowboy at the minute. Uh, there's always mm-hmm. a fucking college sports shit they it's uh it's it's a cliche i could do without ah. um serena deeb came out as well oh that's so, right I, um, after the match at some point you could nearly see serena deeb and Sheeta ended up at a tag team and that would be a great Fuck. tag team if they introduced women's tag titles it's just like when you see him in the ring. It's just when you see him in the ring. It's like always like they fucking hate each other, but god damn it, they respect each other. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's gonna be one of those situations. Um, I think the women's tournament ends with them too. Has to. Has to. Uh, Then this main event. uh, 
within a week of FTR giving you one of the best tag matches you've ever seen against the Briscoes, they come along and give you another best tag match you've ever seen against the Young Bucks. Mm. Oh, these two teams just work so fucking well together. They really do. This is probably the, one of the most highly anticipated um, matches, rematches that there has been uh, on AEW. Um, mm. What has it been, like a year and a half since their first match? 18 months. Uh, it was uh, full gear 2020. I and this did not disappoint. There's there's not much else to say here, like other than Aye. like excellent excellent match. Go out of your way to watch it. Um, you know we got. The, I I adored the story that was being told. Just the fact that obviously because the last time these two faced it was FTR with the heels, and the Bucks were the good guys, and it was the Bucks were doing everything they could to stop FTR and it was Tully was causing a wee bit of problems here and there and this time it was FTR the good guys Bucks of the baddies and the Bucks are just being the most blatant cheating bastards ever and they yeah. can't put FTR away I did love the fact that they hit FTR with a big rig but they kicked out because obviously as Excalibur calls out no one can land that move like FTR can yeah the FTR give it back they do the BTE trigger and then do the yep. do the 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 kiss uh, on each side of Matt's <laughs> cheeks, and then give him the big rig to finish him off. Is, uh, was very very good. Um, just conscious of time, and we need to get through rampage. So the ramp that this is one of the best rampage episodes that we've had in fucking ages. Yep. Usually rampage is like ah whatever. Um, like starting out with Tremperetta versus Brian Danielson, great match. Um. And we got I, we got Regal on commentary for that. It was always a treat. Um, mm-hmm. Brian wins this. Uh, there's QT Marshall Swerve Strickland. Swerve beats QT. Um, Swerve is fucking great. Like he. Uh, yep. QT, man, he's good as well. He's such a good heel. Yep. Took took me a while to get there with him, but I was like, I he knows how to wind people up. I, um. Willow Nightingale Red Velvet. I would like to have seen Willow Nightingale win this, but same, same with the rest of the fucking crowd because uh, Red Velvet was getting booed at the end of that. Uh, fair play to her playing up to it. Yep, not still she trying to be the face. Yep. Aye, uh, that's that's how you, you deal with that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Red Velvet into the uh, the Owen Hart Foundation tournament. Um, mm-hmm. And then here's here's what we with the the fucking main event. Jesus Christ! You want to see a star at the moment a star was made? Here, here mm-hmm. you go. Here is Aye. Wheeler Yuta's fucking defining moment against John Moxley. Um, fuck me. That this is how, he's going to be a main eventer at AEW yep. just based on this match alone. Um. Oh. It was unbelievable. I couldn't believe what I was watching. And obviously, it takes two people to put on a match. Obviously, Mox, like, you know when he was kicking out a paradigm shift and stuff, and mm. the faces Mox was pulling, oh, like, and the camera's zooming right in, and Mox is like, what the fuck is going on here? It was like, when, when he yep. kicked out of the first one, which was just the normal underhook DDT, and kicked out of that, mm. and it was like, right, fair enough. 
But then see when he hit the big one where he like mm-hmm. lifts him right up with the like that's usually his finish. No one kicks out of that shit. And mm. he kicked out of that. I was like, holy fuck. I was like one of those proper like was not expecting him to kick out there. And usually, uh, you know, everyone kicks out everyone's finisher who gives a fuck. But it's like this one, um, just the if you take all three of their matches in a row, it just tells that story. The first one, Yuta gets absolutely squashed. Second mm-hmm. one, he puts up more of a fight, and then there's this one where he just will not stay down and just keeps bringing it back again and again and again, um, and then almost wins. Um, Moxley gets the win in the end, obviously, but then oh, he, yeah. gets, he gets the handshake from Regal. So so is, is, is he part of the Blackpool Combat Club now? Don't know. Um, I mean, I suppose he's he's respected by them all, so he could join if he wants. And like, there was a bit of there was a bit of I can't remember if it was Rampage or Dynamite. There was a bit of animosity to, towards them all between them all as well. So, mm. um, but I it was a as you say it was a star making main event. I like the crowd were actually screaming for Yuda over Mox at one point and that's yeah. a big fucking deal yeah I, I really think this this match well it's as I say it's the, the three matches together tell tell a story there um and this is this has made him um so fucking good mm. is he gonna start beating up the best friends now he's gonna have a match with Orange Cassidy at some stage when Cassidy's <laughs> good to go he'll he will uh um but that was fantastic, uh, absolutely fantastic main event. The one thing we, we forgot to, I know this is a very stupid thing, but it had me in stitches, was the hook Dan. interview. <laughs> Dan Heisen. Coming out of the bin and then eating the crisps because <laughs> they think the crisps give them the fire. They're going to be a tag team. I don't think it's going to be. Do you think they'll have a match them. first? No, I think they're just going to tag up at some point randomly. <laughs> And it's gonna be that here's like this super serious guy, the, the <laughs> silly guy tag team. But the crazy thing is, and I can't wait for people to see it if you've never seen him before. That silly guy can really go in the ring as well. Yeah. So I, uh, but I, that made me laugh as well. Just eating the crisps out of the bun, just brilliant. But uh, the the main part of that rampage was the the main event on. As Excalibur himself would say, unbelievable. Yeah, definitely go check that one out if you haven't seen it. Mm. Um, it's it's just good to be there for a moment like that. It's like, yeah, this mm. this is this guy made. This is a this is going to be like you're just looking at the next generation of wrestling be yep. made in front of your eyes. Which is pretty cool. And this this is the cool thing I enjoy about AEW is obviously it's good to bring in people who are well established because it gives you a bit of recognition. But it's even better when you can make someone. Mm. Yeah, I know obviously Wheeler, you're an independent wrestler. People knew who he was, but now the wrestling yeah. world knows who he now is because of one match. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, oh shit, man. I'm all tangled up in my own cables. Uh, <laughs> Well, that's going to do this for this week. 
look yep. forward to the Tony Khan interview that Stu all promised us in two weeks. <laughs> I'll remind I'll do him next week. He is mad. He might, he, he might agree. Fuck, imagine. <laughs> but uh, until next week, bye. Bye.